Assalamu alaikum. This is Najib Adu Salam, and this is my wife, Sadika. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to our first podcast. We are determinedly unique Muslims on the recovery road. Yes, our pilot debut episode, alhamdulillah. Um, me and my Zouj here, hubby, Najib, our purpose for creating this podcast was to create a platform for the topic of 12-step recovery in the everyday Muslim's life. And, you know, for me growing up Muslim, you know, we all know that our community has a tendency for high character and, and it associates within the community such a high character because we're all striving to be like the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that um, we can also create barriers to, to care and, and, and healing. Um, so for many, there are still programs out there and resources that you could use as a codicil to our faith um, that can help, you know, us do certain life challenges. And, and there's a wide array of programs too, right? Yeah, there are many tools and benefits that promote self-help and encourage the practice of faith. Yeah, so some of the the 12-step programs that we um, run into, there have been like Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, Marijuana Anonymous, Al-Anon, Naranon, um, Adult Children of Alcoholics, which is ACA, CODA, which is for dependency, um, Overeaters Anonymous, Debtors Anonymous, and recovering couples, and, and and I have to add, like that recovering couples one was so awesome. Like it was beautiful. Um, we learned so many things, so many tools to communicate and listen to each other, which yeah. is most important. Yeah, and especially like the the meetings of two, like those were they're awesome. Like anytime we're having a hard time communicating those meetings of two and in the reading of some of the literature really help us clear our mind space and really put to practice what Sana says in terms of how we're supposed to treat one another. So it's a great compliment in terms of promoting self-healing, love, um, hope and, and happiness and restoration and recovery after you've been through some stuff, you know, um, what do you think? I think it was a little works well, especially at RCA, where you can express your true feelings and thoughts without being interrupted, without going through the back and forth that will lead to other violent situations or physical altercations and emotional outbursts that will really damage your relationship yeah i agree with you and and you know a lot of this stuff um what people don't seem to know so facts about 12-step recovery um aa was created in the 1930s by um the founder bill w who was an alcoholic 
And him, along with the doctor, Dr. Bob, I believe, they created this this 12-step spiritual program because everything else had failed. And and really, 12-step recovery deals with your spirituality. And, you know, for me as a Muslim, going into it, all these stigmas were there, like, oh, AA, that's for the Alkies. Or, um, you know, Narcotics Anonymous, that's for the druggies. And, you know, I had all these these contrary thoughts and ideas about recovery. And then when I really sat there op- and opened up my mind and my heart and started to listen to people share their stories and, and just listen, you know, I started to hear stories similar to my own. And, and you know, what was odd, I wasn't drinking or anything, but I still heard my story and some of the stories that were being shared like it was amazing how about you yeah it helped me a lot especially all the trials and tribulations that i went through going in an environment that i grew in that 12 steps does help and also the 12 step spawned all of these other other uh, meetings you just mentioned, ACA. Yeah. It was the foundation for so many. It's the core belief. It's just not AA itself. It's the 12 steps that's the most important. Right. And you can take it into anything you're having problems with. And, and, And it's really like just a structured scale in terms of teaching people without religion it's not religious based it's a spiritual program so people struggling with relationship with god you know 12 step has really fine-tuned my ability to reconcile my issues that i had with my concept of a law and 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 that's something that doesn't get talked about a lot within our community and and you know, sometimes growing up as a kid in an urban and a very American environment, this dunya, you know, these influences breed conflict with the law in in the hearts and the minds of people. And in me being a Muslim, a Muslima growing up, it bred a lot of conflict, especially having survived trauma. Like I needed tools to overcome trauma. I needed tools to reconcile why isn't my life perfect uh, or why am I having these struggles? And, you know, people say, oh, the Jaliyah during the time of the prophet. And, um, you know, I, I get it. But I needed something relevant for right now, something that I could relate to and understand. And, and attending meetings was so beneficial and and reading certain materials that spoke specifically to what I was going through in terms of challenges in my home, my community and in friendship circles, I needed relevant, relatable information. Um, So sometimes it's a a stretch for a young urban kid that's raised Muslim to relate to some of the Sunna and to relate to Especially if you got high-minded people that make your five salats and your extra ricots and your sunnas and do your zikrs and make your duas and everything's going to be perfect. 
well, you know, I took the black seed oil and things didn't become perfect. You know, we did Rukaya, things didn't become perfect. You know, <laughs> we did hijama, things didn't become perfect. We fasted, it didn't become perfect. And what happens when you exhaust all the advice and it's still not perfect? I found that, that if you answer a few of these core questions about what's really going on in your life and examine all the pitfalls is what's preventing you from praying, I think it'll enhance the faith more because you answer those questions. What's wrong with me? What habits do I have? What what are those things that's bothering me that makes me not want to pray? or makes it not work. I think for me, the the first thing when I came into um, recovery was um, that first step, um, saying that I'm powerless over everything. My life's unmanageable because I was trying to manage it. And, you know, some uh, and, and, and Islam's supposed to fix everything, right? We do what we're supposed to do and, and everything's supposed to be. It wasn't perfect. You know, I was granted I wasn't doing everything I was supposed to do either, but still wasn't perfect. And I didn't have the drive or momentum to do the right thing. You know, I was embattled. I was challenged. And, and, and no one really tells you how to get down and, and battle those those small things. Like if you're addicted to alcohol, how do you stop being addicted to alcohol? Yeah. Oh, make a couple of records, do some sinners and, you know, you're always getting this, but you're not really getting, you know, all the steps you need to get to the place where you can talk to Allah with a clear mind and, and really petition him to take the alcohol away. Oh, the fact of in my case where I still worry about my family's substance abuse and drug problems and alcohol issues and and my immediate environment where everybody's choosing a drug to relate to to exist to get along and how does that affect me it's just it plays on my psyche and when I feel like I'm worried about society and how I'm being treated in society and also dealing with my social awkwardness, that's a lot of stuff on my head before I even think about prayer. So, it yes, I can do the rituals a lot. Yes, I can do the ritual of hijama and and what else you say the the rukaya and the all rukaya those different things thing. mm -hmm. fasting and everything like it you becomes re, re, it becomes ritualistic but it's not sincere and we all know in Quran Allah asks for us still thinking about 
the substance abuse that I put myself through, that my family is going through presently, and a lot of that worry, a lot of that concern is on my head where I can't fully give it to a lot because um, sometimes I'm blaming a lot and not even knowing. Yeah, I, I create a lot of spiritual resentment, you know, and, and, and being a child and a survivor of trauma and, and sexual abuse and emotional abuse and, and physical abuse and being raised Muslim, going through all of that, it gave me lots of conflict, like lots of conflict. And, and it's the little thing. It's the elephant in the room. You can never talk about it because it's not our culture. It's a taboo to talk about these issues. So, you know, I have a, a girlfriend raised Muslim too. She does a, an arts exhibit called What's Your Elephant in, in Fort Lauderdale. And it's so wonderful because she gives, she creates a platform for the discussion of taboo topics. What happens when your family has these problems are is so socially taboo that we pretend we turn a blind eye. Well, guess what? There are Muslims who are alcoholics. There are Muslims who are struggling with drug addictions. There are people, families struggling with a Muslim child or spouse or parent that has these issues. There's a Muslim couple that needs some guidance and some direction and and they don't want to be preached that. They need to really go in and, and, and they have all the things that they need to make the changes. But they need a little help with the tools and the skill sets to be able to bring them up to a level where they will function for them. You know, there there are Muslims right now who they are the benefactors, whether they're reverts or whether they're they're born Muslim and they're multi-generational Muslim or not. Someone in the family has an affliction with alcohol and they were raising you and you were brought you were raised under all of that influence. And guess what? You're an adult child of an alcoholic. You know, well, well, I wouldn't just say alcohol because some alcohol wasn't the main thing. You have sex addictions. Let's you not have, even talk about the sex addictions yeah, because sex addictions, four wives yeah. is, is permitted. So we don't even look at the issues regarding and sexual addiction and, and appetite. Men. And men, you know, fornication. Masturbation too. The ego and the pride of man, which can get out of control sometimes. And, you know, we are here to challenge, to to be on that topic, to explore more into our egos, our faith, our pride, love, hope, and healing. And we want to explore all of those things. And what yeah. Because I've really benefited from going to CODA. Like, understanding that being raised and things get on you. Character defects, defects develop. So, like, CODA Dependency Anonymous really helped me with shaking some of the more primary issues. Understanding what healthy boundaries were. You know, I had a, my mom, my Umi, she was married and she wasn't. And, 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 you know, some of us come from those situations. Then she was married again, and then she wasn't. And, and our family life did not have a lot of boundaries. Um, 
the word and the concept of detachment or detaching with love never came up. You could detach. Okay, if you're going to separate, you're you're like an infidel. You're rejecting, and and we're going to renounce you. So we we're you're not family anymore. Like all of this kind of stuff. And these are not the way. Like this is not the way of of, of our prophet. This is not the way of Islam. Like this is just some modern day reinterpretation of what we saw our prophet do and, and people taking it to the umpteenth level and, and, and people with real problems, real problems. Addiction is a disease. Let's talk about that. Yes. Addiction's a disease. And to treat it like, oh, you're gonna be hanging on the hounds of hell because you got a disease of compulsion and you need to go through a process of growing your spirituality so Allah can save you from yourself. You know, and 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 doctors can't cure it. No one caused you to have it, but certain people do have addictions. And and when it comes to that, whether it's sex, whether it's it's food, whether it's money, narcotics, alcohol, whatever it is. Yeah. Or narcissism. How about that? egotism how about that mm. you you learn how to discipline all of those things and and you know you get to really you know really hone in on what's causing resentments you yeah, know those key questions. And, and going into your family history too yes. and 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 not saying the diluted version of the family narrative but really owning what you saw and, and, and making the corrections that need to be corrected because, you know, like, oh, one of one of the siblings went off and, and they're not practicing Islam anymore or they're now in a same sex relationship. And we just don't speak about them as if, though, you know, the elephant in the room, just because we don't speak about it or mention it doesn't mean it left or it doesn't exist. It just means that you have an emotional situation going on where you can't really face the reality of what's happened and then it's always just reject and you know the prophet wasn't very rejecting to everybody he he was an educator an example setter and 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 and, and we have to embody that so we need to get the tools skills and abilities in check so that we can do that and um alhamdulillah having a medium where we can even talk about the topics at all you know, um, our challenges with debting and financial mismanagement, because how can your money be unhalal? Let's talk about those things. Debtors Anonymous helps people have a greater in-depth understanding to how spirituality can affect money. Yeah. What did you think about that when you were taking that? that, that um, oh, I found out how emotional I'm attached to money and how all my problems and everything I worry about goes into my spending habits, which creates arguments and, and addiction patterns for myself, which is unhealthy because I choose eating as emotional eating because I spent money wrong. And I'm spending money wrong because I'm thinking about and not focused on what I should do with money. 
and even how I even make money. The environments I'm in to make my money and how that spiritually relates to how I live. How everything's connected in this society. Debtors has been a key factor and we will explore that too. And we're gonna find, we're gonna use those tools. We're gonna share. To to share how (laughs) we fixed our lives where we're enhancing our self-healing. So I, I think like, not to be breathy because I think we got a little breathy already. What do you think? Yeah, we got a little breathy because we're up in the middle of the night doing this. We've been inspired, alhamdulillah, um, to do it. We've been talking about it for a few days and, uh, you know, we were like, let's do it. And we're doing it now. And um, inshallah, our hope is to pass this on. This is going to be a form of our dawah and, and sadaqah to the community that, um, you know, Allah is bringing things to light, like things hidden un- in the darkness are coming out. And, and we definitely need to have an open form of communication that gives us the opportunity to find other resources that promote, promote healthy family, healthy mental health. And, and healthy spirituality so that we can be better Muslims. So um, we have a very unique way of closing meetings and in opening meetings in 12 steps. So we were thinking about closing this with our serenity prayer, but then also with Wal Asr. So, I mean, it's up to you. Which one do you want to do? You want to do the serenity prayer? No, serenity. Okay. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thy will, not mine, be done. Amen. Alhamdulillah. Inshallah, we'll see you guys again. Same station, same time, inshallah. We're gonna work out what that schedule is, but stay tuned. Yeah, we're gonna work out the kinks and <laughs> the bloops and blunders and all of those things, and and see how we sound. Because if we don't sound good, we're gonna rethink this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> late, <Lakeo. laughs>